you're kind. So it's really good to, to be with you today. I do miss you, you know. I do think of you lots and miss you. And, um, but things are going really well in Longsight. Um, the, um, the community are really growing together and loving one another and doing great things together. And um, this morning they, they all met really early, um, well, earlier than normal, to go and hand out some leaflets so they were having croissants and pastries and coffee and then they're going to hand out leaflets for our Christmas carol service which is also next week so um, so yeah so we're having a great time um, you know in just being together and growing together um, you know it's been such a good morning this morning we've been singing amazing songs haven't we we've had some amazing words that have come in just to to help us to remember um, what it is that we have been saved into. You know, we, um, we, when we believe the word of God, when we believe the gospel message, when we believe what Jesus Christ did on the cross by faith, something happens in our life, something really, really powerful happens. We are cleansed from all unrighteousness. We are cleansed from all shame and guilt. And that was what was coming out this morning in our worship time. You know, in fact, you know, God forgives us. And he, it says in the Bible how he removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. In Psalm 103, it says this. In verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgression from us. Now, isn't that amazing news? Isn't that brilliant news that we can just take hold of that? That we, by faith, can believe that, that actually we are being restored, we are being renewed. And we can't get that shame and that guilt back because it's being removed completely away from us. You know, on this journey of freedom, um, we, um, and we, we start growing in our relationship with God. We start um, growing in Him. We become closer to Him. We find an intimacy with Him. You know, when all this came at a great cost, so that we could have our shame and our guilt removed from us, so that we could have a relationship with a loving Father who cares passionately about every single one of us. That came about at a really great cost. It was Jesus' life. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know that all of us sinned? All of us has fallen short of the glory of God. And we can read about that in Romans 3.23. All of mankind without exception. And Jesus is the only one that can get us out of this mess. Jesus is the only one that can save us, that can rescue us. He is the only one. You know, the message of Jesus is the gospel um, is the gospel message. The message of Jesus is the power of God to save each and every one of us. So let's turn in our Bibles to Romans 1, verse 16. It says this in verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because, because,
because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. You know, the word gospel means good news or to announce good news or to bring about good news. It refers to something that is amazing, that's awesome. And what is good about the good news is that there is a saviour that has made a way for us to get us out of this mess so that we don't have to perish, so that we can have an eternity within, we can have eternal life. The good news rescues us and saves us when we receive it by faith. He restores us as sons and daughters and takes away our shame and guilt as far as the east is from the west. Get your head around that, as far as the east is from the west. He transforms us and gives us a purpose in life worth living in partnering with him. You know, we may find it easy to have confidence in the message for ourselves. And we've been singing about it all wholeheartedly this morning. You know, the, the gospel, the power of God, how he came to save us. And we can sing all that with confidence and great, great conviction. We can come up here and give prophetic words of what Jesus has done for us. And it's amazing. And we can have confidence in that when we're with people that, that believe the same thing, that know the same thing. And we can, we can encourage one another and, and just to like provoke one another in it. But for some reason, and for so many of us, you know, it's not just you, but actually lots and lots of us find it really, really difficult to have confidence when we're sharing it with people that we know, our, our friends, our relatives, our family that don't know Jesus. We, we find it difficult. We, we lack confidence in doing it. And... You know, the gospel will bring life, will bring life to anyone who believes it. We have a greater chance to see that life in someone's life if we actually grab the opportunity to share the gospel message with them. You know, I hope that, um, that um, after this talk that, you know, with all its limitations and all its faults, that actually when we walk out this door, that actually something will happen in our hearts and our minds, that actually we start feeling more confident in the gospel, that we start thinking, do you know what, I think I can share this gospel message with confidence. You know, my intention today is that you will find confidence in something that you are carrying Something so precious, so powerful, so amazing. I hope that after this talk, that you will realize that you are carrying something so amazing. Every single one of us are carrying something that we can take out there and transform, see someone's life being transformed when they actually believe the gospel message.
You know, as we're going through this preaching series and we're coming to the end of it now of making Jesus famous and it's been really good and, and as we come into the end of it, we can feel really challenged and really provoked about the way we live our life and, you know, what we say and what we do and, and all those things are really, really important in making Jesus famous and, and we, we can start getting, um, you know, start thinking, you know what, this is amazing, I want to make my life so that people see Jesus, see people recognise Jesus in me. But when it comes to actually sharing the gospel message, we can sometimes start thinking, well, maybe that bit's not for me. You know, it's too embarrassing, I'm too afraid. What if my friends think I'm weird or strange? Or what if my friends don't want to be friends with me anymore? And, you know, and these are genuine feelings that, that we can have. But when we see the benefit of the gospel and the chance that this might, just might, change someone's life for all of eternity, then wouldn't that just give us that bit of confidence to actually share it, to proclaim it, to, to tell people about it? You know, it's not about having confidence in sharing the gospel and making sure that you, you say all the right things and it's all perfect in one go. It's not even about sharing the gospel so that you don't feel guilty if you don't share it. It's not about ticking that box and, you know, and do it. It's all about having confidence in the power of the gospel. It's about having confidence in actually what does this gospel message do if we believe it to be true? What does it actually do in our lives. The gospel message has the potential, the power to potentially change someone's life forever. And we are carrying that. We are carrying that. And when we talk to someone and they believe it, they are transferred from a place of darkness into a place of light. So to have confidence in the gospel will hopefully mean that eventually... We will get over how weird it will sound. And it does sound weird to people, doesn't it? People who are not used to hearing it and, you know, and, you know, maybe they've got some sort of ideas of what it means to be religious. And, and you know that they've got these thoughts and ideas and you think, oh, it sounds a bit weird. And it does sound a bit weird. But if we can be prepared to look weird, to look strained, to look stupid, um, then we can actually um, have more chance of rescuing somebody from going to hell and perishing for all of eternity. You know, research has been done by the Re- Evangelical Alliance. Um, and some of this research suggests that 27% of people that became a Christian was through having a conversation from somebody that they know well. Only 9% of people became a Christian from having a conversation that they didn't know well. That means the people that you know, the people that you've got relationships with, that you've been um, spending time with, maybe praying for, they're three times more likely to become a Christian because they know you than if they talk to some complete stranger. 
You know, and these leaflets that we've got about hope is born, the, the Christmas carol concert, you know, that makes it easy for us to invite someone to come along to something, to actually hear the gospel message. You know, don't waste this opportunity to, you know, if you do lack confidence in just speaking to people, maybe take this leaflet and invite them. And that's a really, really easy thing to do. You know, and to be honest with you, I find that people actually like things like that and they will say no if they don't want to come. But actually people like coming to Christmas stuff. I love action movies. I especially love movies where there are superheroes and superpowers and, and you know, and the heroes going off to save the day, to save the whole, a whole load of people or whatever, and it all just seems like a hopeless situation. And, and you sat on the end of your seat and you're thinking, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And he saves the day with all his superpowers. You know, and I just, and I just love, I love movies like that. You know, would you love to be a superhero like that? Now, the thing is, you have the power to save people's life, to rescue them from a place of hopelessness. You have the gospel message. You know, God thought of the story of good overpowering evil and saving everyone first. Do you know that was his idea? And, and since then, the story has been recreated over and over and over again. But it was God's idea from the beginning. There is something in every single one of us that knows that there is something else. That whatever, wherever we are a believer in Jesus or not a believer in Jesus, there is something inside every single one of us that knows there's something greater than what we are currently experiencing and know. And we have a message of hope that there is a way to find fulfillment in our lives. We have a message that we can say, your names can be written in heaven, that there is more than this ordinary life, that you can have hope in a hopeless situation. You want to have power, you want to make a difference in someone's life, you have the, you have the message of God, which is the power of God to save. Yes, they might not believe you, and it makes no difference to their life. But what about that person that you thought it wouldn't make a difference in their life? What about a person that it may, it may even be coming to your head right now and you're thinking, they wouldn't be interested. But what if you took that step and you told them about the message of Jesus and they actually believed it? Can you imagine the feeling of saving someone's life, seeing their lives being transformed, that now they have a hope and now they can live their life with knowing that they are loved, that they are precious, that their shame and their guilt has been removed from them? And what if they don't believe? Then we carry on loving them. We carry on showing them love and grace and, and being kind to them. You know, make... And, and living our lives so that we are making Jesus by the things that we do and the things that we say. And maybe we'll go over some of the teaching that we've had over this teaching series and listen to those again and again and, and think, yes, I want my life to be holy and righteous. I want to be able to relate to people in a, a glorifying way that brings fame to Jesus. And, and so we might go back and listen to some of the preaching series. 
And of course, it's important to me what my friends think of me. It's important to me what my family and my work colleagues think of me. But my need of wanting them to like me will make me lack confidence. You know, if I have confidence in the power of the gospel to save those people who, you know, that I have compassion for, to save those people that I love, if I have confidence in, in those things, um, and, and that confidence in those things is greater than my need to be liked, then I'm more likely to share the gospel message. Maybe you have a favorite character in the Bible who just seems to ooze confidence. Moses and Aaron, they just strolled into Pharaoh's palace to declare God's purpose and said, let my people go. And they, I mean, they proclaimed this to a man who himself thought he was God and they were putting their lives at risk going to him. What about Jeremiah who went before kings and rulers to deliver God's judgment to them, risking his life and freedom. Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, refusing to bow down to praying to any other God except for the true God that they known and believed in. Paul knowingly went into places, even though the Holy Spirit said to him, if you go into that place, you will be beaten and put in prison. He still went into those places because he wanted to fulfill the purposes of God in his life. And that's just to name a few. But where did they get their confidence from? Have you noticed that um, when you want to build confidence in somebody, and I do this myself, you, you want to build confidence in somebody, you say, oh, you're great, you'll be brilliant, don't worry, you'll be amazing, you've got so many gifts and talents, you'll be awesome, just go for it, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am awesome and the world is just waiting out there just to receive me. But the problem with that is that we're not perfect, that we do fall flat on our face sometimes, we do make mistakes, and, and that means that you know, when those things do happen to us, then, then the next time we just start thinking, oh, what if that happens again? And, and we start lacking confidence again. And, you know, but the thing is, we can have confidence in the gospel message because the gospel message is perfect. The gospel message is powerful. The gospel message is unfailing, is true, and will transform people's life. We can have confidence in the power of God, in the gospel message. You know, I don't think that Moses led a nation successfully because he strongly believed in his unique talents. I don't think that Gideon was a mighty warrior because one day he woke up and just felt like it. I don't think that Paul sang in prison with, you know, singing all these songs with joy and, and seeing these miracles and things happening because he loved expressing the inner voice and, his, you know, and he wanted to sing and all of that. I don't even think that Mary, after hearing that she was going to give birth to the Son of God, found her confidence in telling herself that, that, she, was going, that she is awesome and amazing. I don't believe that any character in the Bible got confidence to step out in confidence, um, to step out in the things of God, to risk 
everything because of what they actually believed about themselves. Their confidence came from a God Almighty who calls us by name, calls us by name to himself. Their confidence was in a God who they knew was almighty, powerful, and was able to save and to rescue. In the Bible, we can read about lots of verses about how we find our confidence in God. And this is just to name a few. Psalm 71 verse 5 says, For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. Jeremiah 17, 17 Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4 to 5. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Ephesians 3, verse 12. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence in him and through faith in him. You know, when Moses was at the burning bush being told by God to go and fulfill this amazing plan for God, Moses replied with, how can I do this? How can I do it? And expressed self-doubt. You know, God didn't turn to him and say, well, you're the right person for this job. You know, you, you were brought up in Pharaoh's palace. You know exactly how it works in the palace. And, and then you lived in the wilderness a bit. So you know your way around the wilderness. And, and you were a shepherd for a while. So that'd be great. You'd be able to lead my people. And so you're perfect. You've got all the skills and all the talents. You're going to do a great job. Do you know what God actually said to Moses? We can read it in Exodus 3 if you want to turn to it. Verse 12, and God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God revealed to Moses that he was the eternal God. He was I am. He was the almighty God. God revealed to Moses who he was because he was asking Moses to risk everything. So Moses had to have confidence in something so that he could just go with confidence. Now, we have been invited to be part of God's mission of saving people and rescuing people, to be part of extending his kingdom, seeing his kingdom advanced. If they reject the gospel message, it's not you they're rejecting. It's not personal. So don't take it personally. You you can actually carry on being friends and actually what you might actually find really really surprising is that they want to carry on being friends with you too you know (laughs) 
So don't get offended. Whatever you do, just never get offended if they don't accept the gospel. But if they do accept the gospel, they will be grateful to you for all of eternity that you took that step of boldness to actually tell them about it, to tell them what it is that you believe that's transforming your life, that's making a difference in your life. Let's open our Bibles to Luke 10. This is a story of when Jesus sends out the 72. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Verse 16. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And as you read the Bible, we, we discover God's promises to us that how much he cares for us, that he goes before us, that he makes a way for us. And we were singing about it about this morning and, and we, you know, and words came about we don't have to be afraid because God is with us and God makes a way for us and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be dismayed. We won't fail. And that he it says in the word that he will make our paths smooth. And this, I will love this bit. And it says that he will shatter heavy iron gates that are in our way. But not only does he go before us and that he is with us and he's helping us and he's making a way for us. But in this passage of Luke that we've just been reading in verse 1, it says that Jesus will follow them. That Jesus sent the disciples ahead of him. Which in my mind makes me think, no, that means that Jesus is following them. So not only is he going, not only is he going before us, making a way for us, clearing the path, but actually he is following us as well. Now, if we don't have confidence in going and being sent by Jesus, then you know, I don't know what else will. But knowing this and believing this to be true, that he is with us, how amazing is that? When I was thinking about, um, about um, Jesus following us, um, my mind does this quite often, and where um, the Holy Spirit lays a verse on my heart, and this is a verse that came to me. It was Psalm 23. If we go to Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, when he sends us, and he does send us, he sends every single one of us in this room without exception, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you've got kids, whether you've not got kids, he sends every single one of us. And his love, his goodness, his mercy will follow us wherever we go as we are being sent. We are anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit and commissioned by him to go into the presence of our enemies out there into the dying and broken world where people are hopeless and afraid. We we can go out there and we can proclaim the good news of Jesus and Jesus will go with his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and his grace. You know, there may be someone that you've been praying for for ages and, you know, and there's that you, you know, that you want to become a Christian and, you know, there's someone that's close to your heart and you really want them to come and, and you don't really know if you could ever share the gospel with them or maybe there's people that you just don't feel like I've got the confidence to do this and maybe they're not ready yet. Um, but in that ver- that chat. That- Chapter 10 there, it talks about how the harvest is plentiful. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers. Maybe it's you that you need to be praying for. Maybe it's you that you need to say to God, God, send me out with that power and that authority. The harvest is ready. Maybe my friends and my relatives are ready to hear the gospel. And it's just me that I need to be praying for, for that boldness to go and share it. I wonder if it sounded strange to the disciples that Jesus was sending them like lambs amongst wolves. That they, um, you know, when Jesus said that to them, they might be thinking, but surely Jesus, we should be the ones going out like as wolves because we're the ones with authority and power to to trample on demons and and scorpions. And surely we're the wolves. Um, No, but Jesus said, no, I want you to go as lambs and mongs wolves. Jesus wants us to go out not on the offensive, but like lambs, humbly with peace. Not as dominant or strong, but as weak, seemingly defenseless in ourselves. Always gentle, always humble, and always with peace. No, we should never be on the attack. We should never be forceful. We should never find confidence in our ability to actually share the gospel with with zeal and passion and all of that. But actually, we should find our confidence in the gospel message that Jesus has given to us to, to send. And we, you know, but we go humbly and we go with grace and we go with mercy. And we just allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. We allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. And we do what we have been called to do. I find it easy, you know, to go out as a lamb because I do get a little bit like, oh no, what's it going to be like? And that's easy for me. But I just say to the Holy Spirit, you do your bit and I'll do mine. You know, Jesus in that passage says to the disciples, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, 
but that your name is written in heaven. It's all about salvation. You know, we can get excited about miracles and different things that are going on, but actually there's nothing more powerful, more amazing than salvation itself. Moses discounted himself because he was an outlaw. And one of the words that came today was about how, you know, we, we can sometimes, we make mistakes, don't we? And we feel like maybe we, you know, we can't be loved by God. But actually, Moses was an outlaw. He'd killed an Egyptian and he was on the run. But God still wanted to use him. Um, to partner with him. God wants to use you. Whatever situation you are in, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, whatever mistakes that you have done, God wants to partner with you in seeing people rescued and saved. I'd just like us to stand for a moment. Is that okay? Right now, just allow the Holy Spirit to to bring someone to your mind. Now, maybe it's someone that you've been praying about. Maybe it's somebody in your family that you would just love to see saved. Maybe it's um, a work colleague. Maybe it's a neighbor. But ask the Holy Spirit just to to point somebody to you. Maybe um, God is showing you somebody that you've never even been praying about. Maybe you need to start praying for them. It's really important that we pray for people that we know don't know him so that their hearts were open to the, to the gospel. We want to see God be moved into their lives. Just take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Father, I just want to just thank you for your gospel message. I thank you, God, that it is your power to save someone's life. That when we believe it, our lives are transformed. That you come and live with us, that you set us free, that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You take away all our shame and guilt. That you take us out of the mess that we find ourselves in. And you do all that for us, Lord God when we just believe your gospel message and make you the Lord of our lives. And Lord God, we, we love this message, Lord God, and we just say, Lord, where we've, we've struggled, where we've lacked confidence, Lord God, Lord God, I just pray that, Lord, that everyone in this room will just see how awesome and how powerful your gospel message is, that that in itself will give them confidence to go out and to share it. Lord God, I pray for the people that that we have been thinking about, that have come to our minds, Lord, where we need to start praying for them or whether we need to just take that step and just share the gospel with them. Lord God, I just pray that you make a way for us, that you will help us, that, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will prompt us at the right moment, at the right time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.